Welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. Growing Hope is a charity providing free therapy for children and young people with additional needs in partnership with local churches across the UK. We aim to grow hope for children through the provision of free therapy clinics, hope for families through groups for parents, carers and siblings to connect and talk about their experiences, and hope in Jesus through the opportunity to pray and be supported to access church if this is something families would like to do. This podcast is a series of conversations with individuals who have experience of additional needs and disability. Whether you share their experience or are here to learn, welcome to the conversation. Hello, welcome to Growing Hope Conversations. My name's Naomi and I'm the founder and CEO of Growing Hope and also a children's occupational therapist. And I'm joined by a co-host for this season, Mark Arnold. Mark, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, Naomi. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Mark Arnold, the Additional Needs Ministry Director at Urban Saints, um, co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance, and I write as the Additional Needs Blogfather. Amazing. Thanks, Mark. And today's topic is all about disability and conflict. Is there anything that particularly stands out to you about that, Mark? Wow, such a a really important topic today, Naomi. And I think it's one that seems even more topical at the moment than ever, because we keep hearing so many instances of conflict and disagreement and breakdowns in relationships, etc., including stories relating to disabled people. So this is really, really topical uh, right now. And I know through the Additional Needs Alliance, we we hear of families that are really struggling in this area themselves within their family, as well as people that are facing discrimination and exclusion and conflict in many areas of life, public life and church life. You know, it's a tough world Mm. to be a disabled person at at this time. So I'm really excited that we've got um, such great guests with us today to help us to navigate a path through all of this and uh, be a real help uh, to our listeners uh, for this podcast. So, you know, how about you, Naomi? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, totally. I've just been on some brilliant training just earlier today, in fact, with our guests and talking about how we have helpful conversations and how we, you know, manage those situations where we maybe are experiencing conflict or things are a bit challenging. And I think, you know, exactly as you say, I come across so many families who, whether it's within their own personal family lives and relationships or whether it's with school or education settings are really experiencing a lot of conflict so um hopefully this will be really helpful for people who are listening and also raise a bit of awareness of um for Mm. how we can do things well if we're if we're facing these kind of challenges yeah brilliant and uh, so you know with with no further ado it's great to uh, be joined by sarah hutt and phil guthrie today and sarah and phil um, set up crux to help people and community communities have the conversations that matter so that they can reduce stress and enjoy life more they deliver training and mediation and conflict coaching for individuals work with businesses and communities to improve relationships and help society at large to talk about issues well through events and comment. And Sarah and Phil, it's great to have you with us. Welcome to the Growing Hope podcast. Do please uh, tell us a bit more about yourselves, but also what disability and conflict means to you. 
Shall I go, Phil, or do you want to kick off? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, so um, as you said, we set up Crux um, to help people have conversations better. And I think for me, uh, one thing that's really important to say right at the start of this podcast is that none of us are experts. And it was actually out of my experience of doing conversations very badly that this grew as a particular passion for me. Because one day someone um, gave me a tool that really helped me to have a better conversation. And it was like that moment when you realise that actually, (laughs) you know, you can learn something. It's not like an inherent talent that people are good at conversations or they're not we can all learn these skills so that's really what our personal passion is and why we're like really delighted to be on this podcast today um so that's me in a nutshell phil yeah so um uh, i got interested in 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 this stuff i guess i've always been uh, one of those people that people talk to um uh, growing up and and in my life and um it's always found myself in the middle as it were mm. and um uh, and then realized I trained as a mediator and realized that, you know, this is something I can do to help people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a real, a real passion um, to uh, help people mm. have those uh, difficult conversations, the conversations they're almost avoiding. Um, and uh, I certainly avoid them most of the time. So, um, but yeah, it's great. It's great yeah. to be here and great to, um, to mm. talk to you guys uh, about this specific um context um and what conflict um how conflict sits within that amazing thank you and um we'll go we can do the same go to sarah first and then to phil but um it'd be great to hear from you guys a story maybe about disability and conflict uh, either that you've you've heard or that you've um yeah had it experienced somehow or, or heard from somebody that you've been yeah with. and um it's it's interesting your your question mark as well that we didn't quite get to about like what to what springs to my mind when I think of disability and conflict um and mm, what stories yeah. come to mind uh because we were talking about this before the episode and and where I ended up thinking is that often in the work we do we find that no one is particularly able at conversations we all struggle with them and Mm. whether that's because you are autistic or because you are incredibly tired angry and frustrated with someone is kind of not irrelevant to the conversation but all leads you to the same point of not being able to to talk very well in a heated situation Um, and so I I ended up thinking that um, a lot of my thoughts around disability are um, are around uh, trying to encourage people to be curious about the person in front of them um, as a person with their own unique challenges rather than making assumptions because that's often what leads to conflict mm. um, and I guess uh, in one half of my week I work for ACAS um, which is a government organization that deals a lot with discrimination in the workplace and something that I see we talk about quite a lot when we're trying to persuade employers through our communications to um, encourage a more inclusive workplace is is the danger of making assumptions. Mm. Um, And this really hit home to me when um, I actually run a podcast with uh, ACAS and we had two guests on talking about how Mm. frustrating it is for people with disabilities when people make assumptions about what is or isn't good for them. 
without mm. asking them. <laughs> yeah. They're not curious. And for whatever reason, they make a judgment. Um, and this, I guess, happened to me a little bit personally as well, that in a, in a different role, um, I, uh, I basically became quite unwell. And it was not life-threatening, but it was quite life-changing. It probably is classed as a disability under the Equality Act, whether mm. I would label it as that or not is another matter. But anyway, <laughs> um, what was super interesting about the response of my manager was that I noticed that she found it quite difficult to ask me what would help me. Um, mm. And the conversation tended to be almost a parenting conversation of, you know, surely this is because you're stressed and surely we need to take all the work away from you and surely this and surely that. And what I really needed was respect and space mm. to share what I thought my needs were. Um, and that's really stuck with me because um, mm. I think often what we do uh, in any situation where someone is different from us and we don't intuitively understand that difference is make assumptions rather than getting curious and asking that person what it's like for them and what would help them. Mm. Uh, that's really helpful yeah. and I think it, it it's a common experience for many disabled people isn't it to uh, to have assumptions made about them and, you know you, we sometimes hear that phrase that uh, you know, the uh, the disabled community use quite a bit which is nothing about me without me in other words, you know, don't assume, but involve me and ask me and, and help me to help you. And I think you've just really uh, articulated that uh, really well, Sarah. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. And Phil, go for it. Yeah, and I was going to kind of build, I guess, a little bit on what Sarah's just said and um, thinking a little bit about, um, so in, in a lot of our mediations and um, training that we do we talk a lot about uh, creating a safe space so creating a space that it's it's safe enough to have those conversations and it's actually normal to have those kind of conversations about everybody's needs not just sort of mm. um, not not just people uh, with disabilities but 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 everybody and and not assuming that the that all of those disabilities are visible or, or physical they they could be um a wide range of things and and i really think about sort of inclusion as well and and i i hate to use the term because i think it's slightly overused but i think it's really powerful but i think um we're only beginning to really mm. understand what it really means to be inclusive um and i've i've sort of been thinking um yeah. before um coming this podcast just reflecting on um growing up um i've i've had several relations who have had um different dietary requirements right which aren't necessarily uh disabilities all of them but but some of them were uh, and some of them were quite severe yeah. and and like what mm -hmm. do you do yeah. when hosting that um that scenario do you provide um a separate meal for those people um, is that is that the inclusive mm. thing to say? So you you kind of mm. have a separate meal for them, and then everybody else can have have you know the the inverted commas normal Something thing, else. yeah. Or do you mm. do you do a meal that everyone mm -hmm. can have? So there's no difference between people. And I think what I've kind of mm. concluded is actually the most important thing is yeah. to have the conversation, right? Is to say to that to the person who perhaps has those additional needs is to say, well, what what would make you feel safe or would you prefer and you know and you can always change your mind or you know we can keep having this conversation but let's talk about it 
because actually having a separate meal might make them feel really special. And so, you know, there's the, there's different perspectives mm. and different impacts in that. And I think too often we assume we know what the perspective is without actually having the conversation that we need to have. Oh, that's really good. And a great analogy, a great way of describing, uh, you know, that, that conversation. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pinch that and use that. Thanks, <laughs> Phil. <Don't worry. laughs> Um, it's, uh, just, just thinking about the, the, the journey that you've both been on, uh, you know, the experiences that you've had that have brought you to this place. Uh, if there were, if you could go back and, and talk to yourselves at the beginning, uh, is there something that you would do differently, uh, or maybe a particular thing that you've learned that, that you wish you'd known at the beginning? Yeah, I think two things. <laughs> If I can be, you can have two. That's fine. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So, one thing that really stood out to me in my work at ACAS. So, I work in the communications team, which is a lot of trying to persuade people to um, be more inclusive. And we ran a campaign about neurodiversity about Mm. two years ago. And as part of it, we filmed people with, say, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia. And the first question we asked them was, like, what what do you think the strengths of dyspraxia or dyslexia are for you in work? Mm. And that's always stayed with me because the strengths weren't like, you know, uh, kind of small things. They were really big things that these people mm. felt yeah. really proud of that added to the skill set of the organisations that they were working in. So I, I've definitely learned to... Um, assume yeah gift as yeah. well as challenge mm. um yes and that's applied to me as well and like just in my life when I, I've got a challenge it's like what's the gift of this like is it helping me to actually be more empathetic or whatever it is um and then the second is uh I've literally forgotten the second one so <laughs> I can handle it do I know? I overreached myself. <laughs> That's okay. We, we can go to <laughs> Phil and come back to you. That's, that's your fault for asking for two, isn't it? Brilliant. So I think what I have learned, um, if I reflect back, like I think, I, I, I think it's, um, to, I mean, it's similar themes to what we've discussed already, but like not, not assuming um, that or not responding out of my own judgment um so if i get a very Mm. abrupt email which uh, occasionally uh particularly at crux we are but also in my in my other work um you might get an abrupt email and your immediate reaction it's this is a very honest it's kind of like just very matter of fact and you might suddenly go okay they're they're pissed off Mm. with me or they're they're annoyed or or that kind of thing but actually is to start to be curious Mm. and say okay well i'll put my judgment aside like that's my natural reaction to that um but actually what might be going on for them maybe maybe they haven't learned um a different way of communicating maybe they're stressed maybe they've got sort of other things going on which means that they Mm. haven't necessarily communicated in the best way for me to hear it but they're still trying to communicate and actually what's mm, the yeah. again you know what's the what's the benefit as sarah mentioned com- coming out of this like what what are they trying to get across and quite often if you can read between the lines or look beyond some of the the phrasing that's used you can actually see that they most people mean well um 
and so yeah and mm. and they might have uh, uh they they might be uh, autistic or something like that and they and they just have a different way of communicating but i shouldn't assume that that's then uh a negative thing I, or uh yeah a negative way of communicating mm. Mm. That's really helpful. That you know, being curious instead of judgmental, I think uh, that could could solve a lot of problems if we did more of that, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, completely. And curiosity makes so much difference, doesn't it, in the way that we, yeah, reflect on things. Sarah, did you remember your mm. your second thing, or should we go to the next question? No, yeah, I have remembered it, and it's very related to curiosity. Um, so, yeah. lovely segue. Um, I am. I'm also a, a coach, a life coach. So I help people make change, and quite a few of my clients have, um, like, I, I guess not neurotypical, if that's the language that you like, and might um, probably don't have a formal diagnosis of ADHD, but recognise these tendencies in themselves. And it's been mm. so freeing to realise and remember and practice that I'm not the expert. Um, I don't have to read up a whole definition to work out what that means. All I have to do is mm. facilitate a space where they can share and actually understand more for themselves what that means. Because in, in coaching generally, your whole emphasis is to draw out what the client means when they say, you know, uh, like connection because you don't know what that word means to someone else and you're you're trying to kind of help them populate the conversation with their world not yours and so yeah. the same is true of any form of difference that actually it's not on you to know all the answers immediately or mm. what what is on you is to be open and non-judgmental as you say mark and curious so that someone mm. feels safe enough to educate you and share um and then you can empathize um, but you don't have to start from that standing point already of knowing exactly what it's like for them because like that's just unreasonable yeah. Yeah. we're all different yeah <laughs> that's good yeah completely and in terms of thinking about disability and conflict in you know well in all of the things that you've been talking about and in its broadest sense what would your top piece three pieces of advice be to people who are who are facing conflicts in relation to disability in some way who wants to go first <laughs> i mean i'm happy to save sarah stealing all my three ideas <laughs> um yeah i think um cu curiosity would be um would be would be one particular thing mm. that I would I mean we I know we've mentioned it but like just to be a curious um and to try and yeah I guess have that we talk about um one of our one of our friends talks about putting your curious face on so almost like embody curiosity and um and so yeah just have that inquisitive mind another thing I would say is is around that creating that safe space so like how do you create a space that is it's okay to be different or it's different is the normal rather than the other way around, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like it's, yeah. it is a safe space to have those questions. Um, and then, yeah. And not, not afraid to ask, I guess. Um, 
we mm. we you know in mediation we have a lot of people who invent stories and narratives about why people are doing certain things um mm. and a lot of the time it's all about well why don't you just instead of making up stories and narratives about those things why not just go and ask them like um yeah and and my mind always jumps to the uh, the phrase straight from the horse's mouth now i don't think that's yeah. a safe safe place at the horse's mouth because there are big teeth there mm. but um <laughs> but i think yeah. it's really important to kind of hear it hear it direct and um yes yeah. and and there's and using that curiosity and having a safe space allows people to go and um and and ask and really get to to what to what would make the difference for people mm. Mm. Which is hard, you know, <laughs> lots of the time people don't have the conversations because they don't know how to open them um, or there's, you know, fear of saying the wrong thing and offending, like people generally are very afraid of judgment and shame and that works yeah. both ways. Um, but I guess that's why we exist is because we want to help people with those very practical mm. techniques that mean that they have the tools to open up those conversations in ways that feel mm. more yeah, safe. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that makes sense. And and what about for you, Sarah? What would your top three be? Oh, my top three. Oh, we shared out three between us before this, so this is great. Um, so oh, okay. No, no, no. I've got three. <laughs> um, okay, great. <laughs> so I would say um, number one is. Um, yeah, not feeling like you have to have all the answers, not making assumptions, not trying to parent, um, but actually um, facilitate a space where the person that you are um, interacting with can bring their own choices to the conversation. Um, mm. yeah. So that's number one. I think choice is really important in that, in terms of thinking about the power mm. dynamics that you're setting up. Um, I think the second would be to not beat yourself up uh, in any conversation when it doesn't go as well as you yeah. wanted it to. This stuff is really hard, mm. um, but we're so afraid of failing that we never do it. So my t number two tip would be get good at failing. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> that's, that's the only way you're going to improve. That's good. Um, <laughs> general you know, life advice that I wouldn't say I'm always that good at. Um, and then I think the third would be um, to, uh, for this is more for institutions actually in groups. We often talk a lot about how listening really matters. Um, and I see that in the work that we do at ACAS and in Crux and in just, you know, um, like churches, for instance, that you mentioned, Mark, mm. earlier, that often people think that they have to be able to mind read what is best for their people mm. or their workforce or their congregation. And listening is actually one of the most powerful and easy ways to work out how you can improve e inclusivity. It's like structured, yeah. systematic listening mm. where the burden of coming to you and saying, actually, this would help me isn't on the person who's in the minority, but it's part of the cultural norm that everybody is asked, how can we improve this for you? Mm. Um, and I think I think that's one thing I would really like to see change is that we systemize some of this stuff so that it's not on the person who's uh, got an additional need to raise the conversation because these conversations are just systematic or normalized, as Phil said earlier. Yeah. And um, yeah. so, like institutional listening. 
my third tip. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. No, that that's really powerful. And uh, yeah, you know, institutional listening. Uh, yeah, we could we could do some more of that. You know, I love the get good at failing too, because um, yeah, that speaks to me. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, <laughs> Sarah, Phil, uh, I don't know if you want to take turns on this or one of you answer this. Absolutely fine either way. But you know, how can people find out more about the, the stuff that you're doing? And, you know, if if what they've heard uh, in the podcast so far today has really, really resonated and they think, actually, we need to we need to sort of reach out and get some help in this area. How can how can folk um, get in, in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, so if you want to know more, I mean, we have um, we have our own podcast as well um, called Unlocking Conflict, um, where we discuss a lot of these uh, principles in in general context about how to uh, deal with conversations and, and conflict. Um, there are lots of different episodes on there, so it's worth checking out. It's on most of the podcast apps, um, or go to our website uh, www.crux.org.uk. Um, and you can get in touch with us that way. You know, like um, Mark mentioned at the beginning, we, we do training and um, we help people who are in conflict and help them co uh, coach them through it. So please do get in, in touch with us um, that way and, and see what we can do. Amazing. So good. Mm. And for you guys, um, what uh, we go to both of you. So Sarah will come to you first and we'll go to Phil. If you had, you know, all the resources at your fingertips and there was kind of no, um, no barriers, what would, what one change to society would you like to see in the realm of accessibility? Uh, so it is really a hard question. I guess I've been reflecting a lot on how I think we all um, are in a society which really values economic productivity. Yeah. And to be able is normal and to be anything other than that is often still associated with stigma. And I would really love to see us move away from a model of society where success is contributing and being successful in work. Because yeah. I don't think it helps all of us. Like no. all of us at some point will have times where we aren't able to produce mm. and succeed. And I think we just need to grow out of a model which sees humans as like factory workers yeah mm. if that makes sense mm, that does that's really um, good because life is much more than yeah i'll stop there otherwise i could go on for hours about that no it's brilliant <laughs> yeah. so good mm. and phil what about you um i mean i don't know whether money would solve this if i had all the money in the world but um definitely thinking um about the value of difference like yeah and that that difference is is a real benefit um and that we need to learn to start, uh, I guess we, we use the phrase in, in um, a lot of what we do of, of disagreeing well, but like doing difference well, I guess, is, yeah. is something I would, I would say. Um, and, and getting people to think about what it might be like in other people's shoes um, mm. and just valuing the perspective that other people have. Um, Mm -hmm. And the life experience, right? Because, you know, different different lives, different challenges produce different people. And, like, just they'll be good at different things. Like, you know, if you've always faced loads of challenges, then maybe you're great at problem solving. So let's, you know, let's utilize that kind of thing and see things as a benefit and the, 
I guess, yeah, the, the value of difference um, and yeah. And, and what that could do to the whole of society um, if we, if we, if we got that right, if we did that well. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. It'd be transforming, wouldn't it? What a, what a great society that will be. Let's, uh, let's hope we get there. Let's keep, uh, keep on keeping on and, uh, and, and aiming for that and, you know, aim high. So, uh, it's it's been amazing having you guys with us and just so many of the things that you've you've shared with us have really really resonated you know right at the beginning about you know having conversations that matter and and that you know conversations are things that we can struggle with but we can learn and we can we can grow and you know, not making assumptions but you know, or responding out of judgment but uh, creating that safe space for conversations to happen in i i loved the um, the, the meal analogy uh, I really felt that was powerful. I'm going to definitely uh, pinch that and use that. But you know, just being curious and asking questions was something that that came out uh, several times. Really, really important there. Recognizing that we're not the expert, um, uh, but uh, anyway, we don't have to have all the answers. But we can help to draw those answers out by enabling people to uh, to contribute and to bring uh, their own choices and their own views into the conversation. You know, that thing about being good at fa- getting good at failing don't beat ourselves up if if we get it wrong but uh, being willing to to give it a go and and how listening is so important that was really powerful and came through again time and time again so uh, yeah so much that that has been rich and helpful and uh, i know will have made a a big big impact uh, on our audience listening to this podcast so you know sarah phil thank you so much uh, for all that you've brought to us today it's been really really great Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining Growing Hope Conversations. Find out more at growinghope.org.uk.